On this episode of Talking Schmidt, I'm joined by Trey Price as we discuss joining the high school football ranks as a coach now. And the Schmidt break returns. Justin Kleinert, he's down in Florida. We have some topics to talk about high school football returning. Derek Henry's big contract. And Dak Prescott, he's uh, kind of waiting in the wings. We have all that and more coming up next. Welcome in everyone to episode 18 of Talking Schmidt and I'm joined at this time by a very close friend of mine, uh, someone I'm extremely proud of, a whirlwind of life events that have happened for him. Um, including one that we're actually going to be talking about uh, throughout the, well, we'll talk about all of them, but one that we're going to be talking about a little bit more in depth uh, in this episode. But uh, to start off here, Trey Price, my guest here. Trey, welcome in to Talking Schmidt. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You know, I'm excited to be a part of this. Yeah, I figured uh, finally, you know, it it was crazy because episode 16 um, was the first time that my brother made an appearance. And so uh, he was kind of uh, kind of shocked that it took almost like 16 episodes just to get my brother, you know, onto one. So I, I guess it's fitting that it's taken 18 to get you on uh, to one of these shows as well. I mean, I guess I've made top 20, so I can't be too mad about it, but it is what it is. Who do you think is going to listen to this episode most and critique you? <sighs> I'm trying to think. I'm sure Taylor's going to listen to it and just yeah. make fun of me the whole time. But I guess that's part of our job now. <laughs> well, speaking of, uh, I, I mentioned here that we had uh, life events. And speaking of Taylor, for uh, uh, one of the big major life events that you had recently is my good friend Trey here. He got engaged, um, and he was very smart. Uh, guys, if you're if you're listening to this and you're a single man, uh, pay attention. Uh, you used a puppy first and then proposed, right? Is that is that how it went down? hundred percent, because, you know, I knew in that order she wasn't going to say no to a ring after getting a puppy. It's kind of a package deal, so guaranteed the yes. Well, it worked out because Taylor, of course, said yes. Um, you guys are excited. You're going to have a summer wedding, um, so I guess if I get invited, I'll have to just bring as much as I can to blot the sweating off of me. Um, mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Always appreciate that. Uh, let's jump into a you little bit. Own, like, my- yeah, but, yeah, no, go ahead, man. What were you saying? We might get you your personal, like, you know, monogrammed or embroidered handkerchief <laughs> just for you to carry around. Cause, I'd, you know, I'd rather have a fan. More than others. Eh. I'd rather have a personal fan. Can I have that? We'll see what I can do. All right. If it's in the budget, we'll see what I can talk her into. I appreciate that, man. Another major life event that you've had and, and one that we're going to focus on here because it it's big for the sports world locally here um, in, in Clarksville is uh, you actually are joining the coaching staff at one of the local high schools, uh, and that one being Clarksville Academy. Uh, Trey, I know this is kind of a dream come true for you to be able to coach at the high school level. Um, just kind of talk about your journey to getting to this point of being uh, on this coaching staff. Yeah, absolutely. So um, my coaching career, I guess we'll call it, actually started with you, you know, at Richfield Middle School about five or six years ago. I can't even keep track. Um, you know, to start out something as, hey, man, I'm coaching the middle school team. Like, I'd love for you to come out and, like, just help me out with it. And I was like, all right, cool. Um, I talked to my high school coaches in the past about possibly getting into coaching, but that was my first opportunity. Um, obviously, did it with you starting off and had my little brother, Tyler Hoard, the year after that. So, you know, just kind of voluntary nice little gig and then um one of our assistant coaches chris fort his son played for us and then ended up going to clarksville academy 
gave me a call like, hey, we came over here. So I'd love to have you on staff um, for the middle school team. Just kind of went from there, you know, paid my dues, been doing middle school, and then I guess I impressed enough people or they knew of me. They wanted to offer me a gig at the high school. I'm still doing middle school as well for the time being. So definitely heavily involved and couldn't be happier about it. Yeah, bringing you on, um, I remember kind of thinking uh, about it years ago, and, and you mentioned it's about six years ago when we did when we had that team together. Um, I remember, you know, Coach Fort. We had he and I had coached the year we get, the year before. He was the head coach uh, in a the junior mm-hmm. pro league before the middle school, and uh, he, you know, we were uh, we weren't even really supposed to be out there coaching at that time. My brother and I. Um, and, and coach Fort, we met him and we were like, Hey, if you need volunteers, you know, we're college students. We, you know, we need the volunteer hours. Um, you know, so if you, if you want us, you know, we'll, we'll help out. And, you know, I think we, we sat around for like one practice and coach Fort was like, yeah, uh, we want you guys to stay around. And so the next year and, and that first year I called plays and I was God awful. I'm not gonna, not gonna lie <laughs> about it. Um, my offense was terrible. Um, I had to go as basic as possible. And so the next year I was like, I I know Trey has a really good mind for football. Um, and not saying that I don't have a good mind for football, but it's kind of hard when you have like the talent level you have in middle school. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, you have, you might have like a few studs and you want to keep them, you know, with as much, you know, possible with the ball. Uh, and then, you know, you have to kind of figure out and then they're playing both ways. And, and granted at that age, you can kind of play both ways and be fine. Um, but like just trying to like, you know, I was trying to do like hand signals and stuff like that. And then the next year we were able to really get that down pat. Uh, and you kind of came in and, and worked more with the, with the guys. And I was able to kind of specialize more positionally, um, which is something I've been able to be better at. And it was kind of in that moment. I remember looking back and seeing you and just saying like, yeah, I think he can do this. Like, I, I feel like once he gets his shot, he's going to run with it. And so that's why I'm really excited uh, about your trip here to, you know, being able to be a part of Clarksville Academy's, uh, you know, high school football team, um, hopefully for this fall season. Uh, going on mm-hmm. with that, man, you know, just uh, what else will you be doing at Clarksville Academy? And, you know, uh, you know what, what kind of comes with it? Because I know you're just not going to be a coach. Uh, you're going to have other right. details that you have to work on. Yeah, so um, when we were first in talks, like, obviously, I was doing middle school, kind of like a side job, side gig, what you're going to say. I was Austin P. Um, at Austin P. for about three years as a counselor, um, doing middle school at nighttime. Um, and I told them, like, when they first ran the idea by me, like, hey, like, we talked, talked about going to the high school. Like, what would you think about that, you know, potentially speaking? And I was like, you know, like, I'd love to. That's kind of one of my dreams, especially, like, at TA. It's my ideal setup, especially in this area. Um, but I couldn't do that with the full-time job I had now. So, you know, there's a lot of waiting around, just kind of seeing what happened. And then just so happened, a teaching spot did open up in the Carceral Academy and interviewed me for it. Um, obviously things went well in my favor. So they decided to hire me on full-time staff. Um, I'm actually doing physical education pre-K through nine. Um, and what that entails a health and wellness class for freshmen. And also they want me to take charge of the new freshman seminar class due to my experience at Austin B. So I'll be doing all of that. And like I said earlier, touching high school as well as middle school this first year. You know, looking back, uh, this is like kind of the fun thing that I like to do with people when they're getting to do something that they truly uh, love and care about. Looking back at where you were, like when I very first met you, when you were a freshman in college, I think I was in my senior year um, at Austin P. 
Do you did you think you know did did freshman Trey or even senior Trey or Trey when you're going through grad school did you think like all of this is going to fall into place for me? Did you did you think you'd be coaching in Clarksville? I mean, I know you're from Memphis, uh, the Memphis area originally. Did you think you'd be in Clarksville? Did you think you'd be back home uh, before you'd get your first gig? Or you know how how did you feel? Um, or what were you thinking before all this kind of took place? I mean, honestly, I kind of played it all by ear. Um, my ideal setup, you know, like you said, I'm from the Memphis area, went to Arlington, K-12, and then came to Austin for college and never really looked back. Um, changed majors about four or five times in undergrad, so I didn't know this even the route I wanted to go. So probably halfway through my sophomore year, obviously I've been doing it with you already. And I was like, I can make a career out of this and, like, have no issues about it whatsoever. <clears throat> so, you know, changed my major to a field of human like helping human performance K through twelve and just never looked back. Um after I graduated, you know, didn't know what I would do as far as coaching or teaching. Um, being licensed K through twelve, I wanted to coach football at the high school level. Um, but even during my student teaching I knew that the age gap wasn't that tremendous. And that was like one of the issues I personally had. I think I was twenty two just on twenty three when I graduated. And, you know, that's not much of a gap between dad and a high school senior. So I felt during my student teaching at some points, I had to realize I'm the adult here. You know, that level of respect had to be um, given out without having to ask for it in a way. So I really, like, did fine with middle school, but wanted to do high school. So grad school kind of came to mind. I was offered a GA spot at Austin P. Um, took that and then, you know, got rerouted on that as well. That's a whole other story. And then ended up just standing quite so after all. Um, but once my master's was kind of coming to a close, I didn't know if I would stay at Austin P. And so I got a coaching and teaching gig, ended up coming back home to Memphis because I knew I had ties back there. If I wanted to coach out there, and as far as my dad went as well, he coached all my life. So he had ties for coaching jobs too. So just kind of depending on what was going on. And then, you know, Taylor entered my life, um, before grad school even started and did not seriously that would be at first, but obviously here we are now. So she was a huge role in. Clarksville, and then everything kind of fell into my lap the way I paid the last for a better setup. Well, we got to thank Taylor for that because you know now that I'm back in Clarksville, I get to see you more, so that's a that's a plus. So I have <laughs> to I have to thank her um, for that uh, that you didn't go back to Memphis. So uh, Trey, we're going to take our first break here in the show. I'm going to keep you around. We'll come back. We'll have a little bit more to talk about. Um, stay tuned with us here. We got more coming up on Talking Schmidt. What's going on, everyone? Thank you so much for joining me this far into the podcast. Don't forget, you guys can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on Google Play. And you can leave ratings and reviews along the way as well. And don't forget, on social media, at underscore Talking Schmidt on Twitter, and on Facebook, at Talking Schmidt Podcast. All right, let's get back to the action. Welcome back to segment two of episode 18 of Talking Schmidt. My guest at this time, he's the same one from segment one. It's Trey Price, the new offensive line and defensive line coach, correct, at Clarksville Academy? You are correct. So now I know you, um, and I know you're not the biggest <laughs> guy in the world. Uh, you're you're a little bit taller than me, which isn't saying much. Um, you, you're a little, you're smaller than me weight wise. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying I'm gigantic. I couldn't play offensive or defensive line. Um, so let's put it this way. 
you're a smaller guy. This is uh, not a position that you know, like that you have played before. What has it been like trying to learn the offensive and defensive line from perspective of a guy who uh, never really played in that position? Well, when it was first brought to my attention, like they had hired me on, told me they wanted to bring me on staff um, at the high school level. We never even talked about, you know, like what capacity that would be as far as what position group, what all my duties would entail at that point. And I was just like, whatever you need me to do, like sign me up. Um, so it stemmed from that. Um, I was starting on the workouts, some of the conditioning, and then me and Coach Crosby, who's the head coach there, um, he's a great guy. He's like an awesome mentor to me already. He was like, hey, I want to run something by you. Just tell me what you think and, like, be honest. That's all right. Like, you know, not expect, not knowing what to expect at that point. And he's like, I'm thinking, put you O-line and D-line. And I looked at him for a minute, and he's like, no, I don't freak out. Like, I'll be with you the whole time. Like, any assistance you need, like, whatever you need to learn, like, I'm here. Like, I've got you covered. So, all right. I said, look, I'm up for anything. Um, I told him, I was like, you know, I'm offensive coordinator for the middle school and have been for the last three or four years at this point. Um, so I need to know every position on the field as is regardless. So if I do want to take over as an OC for high school one day or even further along, like I have to know every position on the field. And he's like, you're exactly right. You know, you have to be able to coach this position up just as much as any other. So I definitely took on the challenge. Um, and, you know, just having that mindset for offense already, like I kind of knew some of the base things for like line. I wasn't completely out of my element. But just with this new type of offense we're running, um, the breakdown in schemes, like it was a lot at first, but I'm getting the hang of it pretty quick. He's even said so. So that makes me feel better about it all. And then I'm um, taking that down with me to the middle school too. Um, the head coach over there, he's like, hey, if you're learning at the high school, I want you to bring it down here too and just keep rolling so they're all learning the same thing. So that was going to be a challenge at first, and it still kind of is. I'm still learning, but I'm pretty confident. I think the guys at the high school level, they're confident in me being a new line coach, like the players are as well. So just ready to keep the ball rolling. You know, a lot of people don't give the offensive line a lot of credit. Um, my older brother is an offensive line. I mean, you know, my older brother. And, uh, um, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of those guys are extremely intelligent uh, human beings. Not every single one of them. I'm not going to say that because they are, you know, bashing their heads <laughs> against, pe- you know, guys their same size. But a lot of those guys are extremely intelligent um, mm-hmm. you know, and just, uh, a lot of times your offensive linemen are, you know, <clears> have to be as, um, as knowing as the guys who are in the backfield because they have to create the holes for them. So, um, right. you know, it, it is good to have that. I mean, you think of, uh, um, you know, Duvernay Tardif of the Kansas city chiefs, who's a doctor. I mean, the guy's an actual surgeon. Um, so it kind of shows you there's a lot of offensive linemen, you know, in the pros and, um, you know, at, at a lot of levels who are very intelligent guys. So, um, I'm sure being able to work with them, you're going to be able to see that as well. And, uh, you know, uh, when I very first started playing football, you know, the dream was to always play quarterback. And so I was always very close to my offensive linemen. Um, and, mm-hmm. and I know that there's, you know, if you have a good group of offensive linemen and, and you're very close with them, you know, they're going to protect you even when you're not on the field. It's going to be you get protection, you know, 24 seven, you know, no matter where you're at, you're, right. out, you're out on the town with the offensive lineman. They're, they're still protecting their quarterback. It's a, it's a unique, uh, unique situation with the offensive line. Very loyal guys normally play offensive line. So I'm excited for you there. You know, you mentioned you were coaching at the middle school, uh, before this naturally, some of those guys are going to be coming up, uh, onto the, uh, the varsity squad this year, especially with Clarksville Academy. It is a little bit smaller, um, so you might mm-hmm. see some of your faces, you know, as, as guys who are freshmen, you know, maybe being, uh, you know, 
I, I wouldn't say, you know, vital starters, but could be coming in as role players or, you know, things like that. You know, are how have you uh, have those guys accepted the fact that they are going to have you now at the next level as well? Um, for the most part, like they're all pretty excited. I've got a diverse group. So um, there's some incoming freshmen that I had coaching last year. And I've got a couple groups of guys that I've had in the past in middle school too that I didn't have for a year in between. Um, but it's been a very overwhelming positive response from the players as well as their parents. So like when they found out I was getting the full-time gig and being brought up, you know, they were ecstatic about it. So made me feel good about it too. Um, I won't forget the first day that after I signed my contract and I went to the workouts, um, at the middle school level, you know, Coach Brad, he's always like told the kids just to call me Coach Trey. Like it's, it is what it is that level, like it's Coach Trey. And, uh, Coach Crosby in the weight room, he's like, our guys, I'm going to make an announcement. Um, now that it's official, we have brought Coach Price on, like full time for our high school staff as well. And then one of my eighth graders I was close with last year, the freshman now, he was in there and he looks at me and goes, Who's Coach Bryce? I said, You think Coach Price? <laughs> That's me. He goes, no way. You're here at the high school full-time now? I said, yeah, man. Like, I'm here. You're stuck with me. He's like, that's so awesome. I told him last week, we need to get you and just going on and on and on. So it was, it was a nice little pick-me-up, and he was excited about it. And I'm definitely excited to be there because I've had that group of kids. So seeing them grow up from a 13- to 12-year-old, getting all the way to high school, is pretty exciting to see they do on and off the field, just kind of getting to know them as the years go by. So some of the obviously you're going to have a group of older guys as well, some juniors and seniors who you know obviously are getting a new coach at that position for the first time. What's that response been like for you? How have those guys uh, you know welcomed you into uh, the coaching ranks? I, and I know I say this because like you know I know that Clarksville Academy is not uh, the biggest school, so these guys probably already kind of knew you because I'm sure some of them had, you know, younger brothers who were on the middle school team and they came back and watched or, you know, just something around that nature. So, you know, how have the older guys, I mean, did some of them know you or has, is it, you know, how's that kind of transition been for you? I feel like majority of the team, at least half, um, I've either had before or they've known of me because like you said, they have little brothers or they've been around the middle school program. Um, just kind of have seen me in passing. They've talked to me a couple of times, you know, just chit chatting. Um, but the guys like, I haven't, spoken a single word to before I got hired on. Um, I think it, with it being a smaller school, it's easier to get to like bond with those guys quicker because, you know, there's only a handful I have to introduce myself to and have a relationship with as opposed to a 6A score as 100 kids. Um, but, you know, I'm, I already know everybody by first and last name, kind of getting to know them better. And I'm, I'm a jokester. So, like, from day one, I'm giving them a hard time and they're giving it back to me. So, it's been a good transition. Definitely enjoyed it. It's a good group. I get to work with, um, with the line, and obviously it's everybody else on the team too. There are a lot of young players that are going to step up into big roles, like because they have to. But a lot of them are ready for it as is. So it's, a, it's an exciting time. Like high school is a different animal, but I'm definitely fully on embracing it. So I know, obviously, you know, in in any world, you know, there's you you have a dream or you have a main goal with it. Um, I know, obviously, you guys are going to have goals that you guys set as a team, but for you personally. Um, getting to talk about Trey here, you know, for you personally, you know, what would you like to see come from, you know, your time at Clarksville Academy and, and you know, how, how would you like to see your career progress here um, through coaching football? Just like the growth I want to see in myself. Um, it's hard to put into words exactly what I want because I am learning on a week-to-week basis. Like like I said, it's a whole new animal. So 
even something as simple as, hey, we'll communicate through headsets for high school as opposed to just being silent in middle school. Um, there's some weekend responsibilities that come in at your time to game plan instead of just at practice for a couple minutes or whatever it might be. Um, but as well, I was ready for, you know, I definitely enjoyed middle school. I love that age group. Um, a 12-year-old and a 14-year-old are completely different and by every means of the word. But high school was more serious as well. Um, like I mentioned before, Coach Crosby is an awesome mentor thus far, and we're just getting started. So I definitely want to see myself grow and excel. I hope to be an offensive coordinator role. Eventually, I'm definitely in no rush. Like I don't think I'm ready to be out there tomorrow in that kind of capacity by any means. But I do want to grow as a person and a coach and you know, do as best as I can on and off the field for those guys. And I'm excited to be uh, in a teaching role now, too. So, like I said, I was in the counseling. I was a missions counselor off some people for the last few years. But my undergrad was teaching. So, this is my first real shot to get to be in a classroom and a gym, like working with those athletes, like off the field even more, too. So, I get to just be there for them and whatever they need me to do. Well, Trey, as I mentioned when I very first started this show, I'm extremely proud of you uh, for this mon- this monumental part of your uh, your life and your career. And, um, you know, I, I know that I-, I got the phone calls from you when you were like, man, I, I was going to do this, and now I'm thinking about doing this, and then I'm getting this gig, and now I'm thinking about doing this. And then you and I had kind of had a feeling for a while that this would possibly be something that would happen at Clarksville Academy and I remember you kind of calling me, telling me that was going to happen or, or that you were at least interviewing and, and everything like that. So I'm very right. excited and very glad that all this happened for you, man. And like, you know, obviously you have a near and dear spot in my heart and I'm just very proud of you. And I know that um, I know you're probably tearing up on that side of the uh, the phone right <laughs> yeah. now, um, hearing those words from no, me. No, man, they're just something in my contact. You're good. <laughs> But man, I am proud of you, and I know you're going to do great things at Clarksville Academy. Um, I told you I wouldn't wear blue, uh, so that's a that's something that's going to stick with that. Um, uh, I've got a polo on the way for you. I'm glad you reminded me. So oh, thank you. Goodness gracious! Uh, you know what? I'll. You know what? That you know what the good thing is about the Schmidt House Studios. What's that? There's plenty of wall space, um, <laughs> <laughs> and that's where that polo might have to sit at. Um, yeah, but uh, I, I'm very uh, very excited for you. I know you're going to do great things. Uh, I, I like to see the the challenge. I want to check up with you, man, um, as we get through the season. And like I said, you know, fingers crossed. And right now uh, mm-hmm. everything's looking somewhat good for a season here. So uh, just kind of keep hoping that all this, uh, everything that's going on with the coronavirus just kind of um, gets better for us here so we can make sure that we have a high school football season because – um, I don't think anybody wants that delayed till the springtime. Let's just put it that way. We're all ready for football Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Well, Trey, again, yep. man, it's been great. Uh, best of luck to you. Um, I will see you outside of on Talking Schmidt, so um, I won't have to say, <laughs> you know, till we talk again. Um, but, man, again, good luck this season. Best of luck to the Clarksville Academy Cougars. Um do the best that you can to represent the, uh, the the great city of Clarksville here in Montgomery County. Um, I know you guys will. You guys get a little bit of an outside schedule too, so um, you get to see right. more teams from from different areas opposed to some of the bigger schools who are just kind of taking on each other all the time. So best of luck uh, when you guys take on uh, all the teams that you're going to face this year and you know represent Clarksville well. Well, we're gonna, we reached our second break in the show. When we come back, it's the long-awaited return of the Schmidt break. 
My good friend Justin Kleinert, he's down in Florida right now, and he has a lot to update us about uh, down in the Sunshine State. Stay tuned. We have that coming up after the break. Well, everyone, it's that special time of every episode except for the past few episodes. Uh, But we do have the Schmidt break in its grand return here for episode 18. I am in studio at the Schmidt House Studios, and I am joined uh, by my good friend Justin Kleinert, who's on location. Justin, if you'd like to tell everybody where you're at right now and uh, what you've been doing, why you haven't been on the past few episodes. Well, right now, I'm coming to you live uh, from from the back second-level balcony of our of a beach house, right in between Santa Rosa Beach and Seaside down in Florida. Uh, a great state. Everything going great down here right now. Uh, we've just been enjoying some great family time. Uh, not a big beach guy, but my family loves the beach. We've been spending a lot of time at the beach. Uh, got a pool here at the house. We've been spending a lot of time there. So, you know, just spending uh, ridiculous amounts of money on overpriced food. <laughs> Uh, and just uh, having a great family time. So pretty, pretty good times down here in the state of Florida right now. You got any uh, good stories? You, did you? I know right now, obviously, you probably don't see uh, many. I mean, I'm sure you see some people, but have you seen any uh, big names down in Florida while you're on vacation? Uh, no, I know Jordan's got a house right down the road. I think Witten's got a house here. Uh, I know Luke Bryan does. I've seen him before. Uh, we're probably about a mile from his cigar shop he has down here. I uh, haven't seen any celebrities. Uh, what I did see, though, was about a $5 million beach house uh, that was just decked out from all from the first story to the fifth story with Trump gear, which included about an 80-foot-tall banner down the side of it that said Trump 2020. So that was pretty interesting. But other than that, no big celebrity spots that I've seen. Uh but you know, but a real good atmosphere. A lot of people are down there. I will say that. You know, I, I don't. You know, I know people hear stuff in the news all the time. Uh, Florida is absolutely packed right now with people from out of state visiting. So uh, people are not scared of the corona, uh, and if they are scared of the corona, they don't care because they're on vacation. Let me tell you, it's packed down here. Well, I mean, just don't bring anything back, man. You know, we 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 got to stay uh stay tough here, man. We can't we can't be getting sick, you know. I can't promise anything. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I know that you said you took a little bit of a break from uh, everything going on in the world, but you couldn't too much because you knew that, you know, sooner or later you're going to have to get back into the real world of things. And uh, we have a few talk topics that we're going to hit on in this Schmidt break, and we're going to start off Tennessee high school football, uh, a lot of high school football places and, and programs and, and just the, uh, the associations that run them, um, or, or at least the governing body of them, if you will. A lot of them kind of throwing everything up in the air. Are we going to have seasons? Are we not? Um, I know that, uh, you know, most recently I was covering Missouri High School football, and I know that their coaches association and Misha came together and said, you know, we're going to do everything that we possibly can to get the season started on the day it's supposed to. Kansas has pushed their, uh, their high school starts past Labor Day, but that's not always like I mean, that kind of is a, a normal thing in Kansas anyway to be around uh, kind of after Labor Day. Um, 
they still have the old kind of like harvest schedules for a lot of their schools. So uh, not sure. not too shocking for that. Um, but for Tennessee, you were telling me that you were able to listen to uh, Governor Lee a little bit, and uh, you think and you have some good optimism from his speech earlier today. Yeah, so I mean, you know, pretty much, you know, he there is, you know, what people, you know, you haven't seen a lot of rational people these days uh, with everything going on in our world. Uh, but, you know, the governor said that football and soccer uh, is likely to return in the fall, which is probably, while that doesn't sound like anything groundbreaking, uh, or, you know, we don't need to flash the breaking news uh, sound here. But, you know, at the same time, you know, that's probably the most optimistic person we've heard say anything about high school athletics this fall. Uh, that, you know, that just shows you that there still are a few people that are in government that have a functioning prefrontal cortex uh, and that are able to make rational decisions and choices. Uh, you know, everybody's been doom and gloom over high school sports. Uh, while it really hasn't proven to show a risk, uh, you know, what's a little different with high school sports versus, uh, you know, pro amateur sports or amateur sports, uh, you know, professional or college sports is it's all voluntary. You know, there's no contract or scholarship obligations that you have. So if you don't want to participate or you feel like there's a health risk, then you just don't participate. And, you know, there will be plenty of people there that do. Uh, You know, now, granted, this will be up to each individual parent uh, to make that choice. But, again, as a parent of a kid that's going to be in the school system, you know, this fall, uh, I have no concerns about sending her to school. Uh, And if she was old enough to play high school athletics, I would have no worry with her playing high school athletics. Uh, so I think people are just going to have to do what's best for their families. Uh, and, you know, we're going to have football this fall in high school. Uh, you know, I think it is a smart decision to try to get it going as early as you can. Because, again, with this, with all the unknowns of this corona, you don't want to go later and later. You want to go earlier and earlier. So they've already pushed it back some. Uh, so they're going to have to be ready to hit the ground running. But definitely a lot of optimism coming out of the uh, governor of Tennessee today, you know, saying that fall sports are more likely going to happen than not. Uh, and that's big news. Because, uh, again, I, I think if you, you know, we had this discussion, you know, a month ago, you know, it looked pretty bad. <laughs> we yeah. didn't know if we were even going to have school in the fall. Uh, so now they've made a decision to not only have school in the fall, uh, but to also have some high school athletics. And, you know, I think you will see some people try to, if, if their school boards make a decision not to have school in the state of Tennessee, I think they'll move their kids to to a district that does have it. Uh, and, and I think that's going to be something interesting to see how do you, how does the governing body in the TWSLA step in and say, hey, no, you got to sit out a year if the district that you're coming from is all virtual? You know, and I think yeah. that mainly applies to like maybe metro Nashville area and then maybe like the Shelby County area. I, I think those uh, more densely populated cities and counties in Tennessee is where you're going to run into those issues at. Well, you know, I think there'd be a lot of uh, kind of those surrounding schools uh, in the surrounding counties who are like, man, we might not have to play those Nashville schools. <laughs> I mean, just saying, I mean, that, that was always uh, Achilles Hill for us when we would make it to the playoffs. So I, I kind of know that if, feeling, if, you know. If, if you play five or six A football in the state of Tennessee, uh, it would not be a bad thing if there were some schools in Nashville that weren't playing, <laughs> I promise you that. No, I, I definitely agree with that. Let's move into the uh, NFL. We have two topics here in the NFL. Uh, one of them, a you know, we've had some major contracts coming through. We all know Pat Mahomes' contract was uh, something of just pure magic for Kansas City fans. They also were able to resign Chris Jones, um, which was another big piece. But uh, a huge piece here for Titans fans, 
Derrick Henry today, they thought, you know, oh, we're going to have a franchise tag and we're going to franchise tag him. Instead, that four-year extension worth $50 million, uh, on the early reports uh, from uh, Adam Schefter, uh, Titans fans rejoice because your workhorse and the NFL leading rusher is staying in Tennessee. Yeah, big news if you're a Titans fan. Um, and I think for the overall landscape of the NFL, big news if you're a running back or a fan of the running back yes. position moving forward. Uh, it looks like, I think, like you said, I think it, you're talking maybe – what fifty million for over four years? Yeah, I think twenty five and a half or so million dollars are guaranteed. And look at us just talking about millions of dollars like it's nothing. Uh, but I, I think what you're going to see over this uh, is probably more like a two year deal. If you look at kind of how it's broke down, uh, it's probably two years, twenty five and a half million dollars. Uh, and then you know, depending on where his production's at, and what you look if you look at the history of running backs in the NFL. I would say in year three of this deal, the production's not going to be there. And I, and I think at the end of that second year of this deal, I think you may see them either part ways or reconstruct this contract. Uh, that said, this is probably uh, one of the most mutual beneficial contracts I've seen signed in the NFL, and I don't know how long. Uh, because you, you've got a deal that not only pays Derrick Henry some good money, but it's also real friendly to uh, to the team. Yeah. Uh, and so both parties are able to benefit, which is, you, you don't see that with NFL contracts anymore um, because these players have become so greedy and the NFL has become so lucrative that they're just out here throwing out these huge contracts that never get the end scene in them. And if they're either super team-friendly or they're super player-friendly, you normally don't see them fall this, you know, this middle of the road. Uh, you know, and as a biased Titans fan, you know, I am absolutely pumped. Uh, if they were able to land him. But, again, I, I think Derek Henry, and I hope he can prove me wrong in this, I think he does have another two years. Uh, you know, if you look at the top five, you know, paid running backs last year in the NFL, and this is in no particular order. I'm just trying to name them off the top of my head. I think you're looking at Todd Gurley, uh, Le'Veon Bell, Leonard Fournette, uh, David Johnson, and Lamar Miller. And, I mean, what have those guys really done? Yeah, you know, you've got very injury plague. Yeah, yeah. You're talking a lot of injuries, a lot of health concerns. And, you know, ultimately the production just isn't there. Uh, so you really have to wonder with the presence has been set in the NFL, when you pay a running back, you're pretty much paying him for what he's done, not what he's going to do. Um, and when you sign a contract, you're getting paid for what you're going to do. Like, like, for example, the contract that Patrick Mahomes just signed. You know, granted, they are rewarding him a little bit for winning them a Super Bowl. But that contract is primarily going to pay him for what he's going to do in the future and moving forward. And, and with the running back contract, you, you, you don't primarily see that. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a, what have, what have you done for me in the past? Okay, we'll give you a good contract to make up for it. Uh, and so I think, again, with this deal, super team-friendly, super player-friendly, middle of the road, I think, I think at the end of this two-year contract, I think the Titans are going to be very happy with the way it's turned out, and I think Derrick Henry will also. Now, I have to bring up a, a question because I, I promised I'd bring this up. Um, it does involve the Titans here. I uh, Last Friday, we had a, a bit of a discussion uh, with, uh, it was myself and Will Hodges, and I just, bringing up this question, I, I still feel like I don't even need to bring it up, but he asked me to. He wanted your opinion on it, so we're bringing it up. Would you rather enter the season with your quarterback being Ryan Tannehill or Aaron Rodgers? 
you know, that's kind of a loaded question in, in a way. Uh, hence the long pause there. Uh, if you look at the numbers head to head of what have you done for me recently with those two guys, and again, the NFL is like, what have you done for me recently? Not what what have you done for me? You know, in the last ten years. Uh, so I don't want to throw any shade, but you know, I think at this point, you know, it, again, if you have them on your own team and you can build around them, I think you take Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but if I think if you look at them on the teams that they're on, with the coaching staff they have, with the offenses they're going to run, and, and the skill position players they have around them, it, it's hands down. You take Ryan Tannehill and what the Titans are going to do. The Titans and Ryan Tannehill are going to hand over fist to outperform the Packers this year. Uh, they're just going to. Uh, Rodgers and LaFleur, uh, that is not a marriage made in heaven. Uh, I don't see any major net benefit out of that relationship. Um, and I don't think they're fully invested into Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, hence they drafted Jordan Love, which is kind of like a slap in the face to him. Uh, and, you know, you've got Tannehill. The Titans are all in on Tannehill. I mean, you know, I could be, I'm a huge Titans fan, and I couldn't tell you who in the world's backing up Tannehill. I think it's maybe a, a rookie out of Hawaii. I, I don't know. Uh, so I, I think you go with Tannehill uh, because he, again, with like I said, if you get to put them on a team and build around them, you go with Rodgers. Uh, but if it's a, hey, you get these guys on the teams they're on with the coaching staff they have and who's going to do better this upcoming year, you've got to go with Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, I'm still going with Aaron Rodgers on that. Uh, obviously, I just think uh, Rodgers is the better quarterback. And there's no, I mean, looking at, and I know if we're looking at what we saw last season from Ryan Tannehill, it was surprising. Um, it was what the Titans needed. It was what the Titans ordered when Marcus Mariota was no longer the guy. Uh, he had some great performances. But again, when you're looking at a guy like Aaron Rodgers, you know what you're going to get. I just think Ryan Tannehill still too much of a question mark. Until we see a full season from Tannehill where he's not injured, um, you know, you hope that what the Titans get from Tannehill isn't what the Dolphins got from Tannehill. And I know you say, well, you, you gotta you got to look past that because it is a different situation. But again, if I'm going to go into a season, I want to go in with somebody that I know can get me wins and can get get the ball down the field, and that's Aaron Rodgers. But he's not going to be able to get the ball down the field in that Matt LaFleur offense. That, that's just not going to happen. Uh, I know you've got a lot of bias as, as a Packers fan, and of course I do as a Titans fan because we both want to see our respective teams do and perform well on the field. Uh, but that said, you know, you, you really have to look at it with what they've got going on with that offense and the players around him, that's not going to be a very prolific Aaron Rodgers, Mike McCarthy, circa early 2000s offense. It's just not going to. They're going to run the ball. They've got a, you talk about underpaid running backs. Look at theirs. I mean, so they're going to run the ball, and it's not going to, Rodgers is not going to put up the numbers that he has passed in his career. Uh, and I think Tannehill, I don't know statistically if he'll have a better season. I think you may see him have less interceptions. I think you'll see him have a higher completion percentage. And Aaron may beat him out with touchdowns and yards. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, I think Tannehill will take his team further than Rodgers. Well, Rodgers only threw four picks the entire season last year. So, I mean, it's not like yeah. the guy's like, you know, throwing double figures and in interceptions. <laughs> he's not Brett Favre. He's not for <laughs> sure. He'd rather take the sack than, you know, 
um, than throw the pick, which, you know, obviously frustrates me as well. I, I just look at it and I, I think, you know, if, if he does do what Aaron Rodgers does where he finds guys like Devontae Adams, I agree. I don't think they built around him the way they should. Uh, again, I wasn't a big fan of the Jordan Love pick. Um, and again, from now, and here's the thing, I wasn't a big fan of the Aaron Rodgers pick because I said, why are we not building around Brett Favre if we know that he's going to play another five, you know, five, six years? Granted, Favre retired, unretired, retired, unretired. I don't see Aaron Rodgers doing that. I see Aaron Rodgers going on to another system, um, depending on how things go with Jordan Love. But I, I just don't think that even if, you know, Rodgers does what Rodgers does, LaFleur is going to be like, all right, he's not listening to me. I'm going to put in Jordan Love. It's just not going to happen. There'd be riots in Green Bay, man. And, and Green Bay is not a big enough town to riot in. Um, there's only 150,000 people in Green Bay. So if they riot, it's not a good scene in Green Bay if they do it. It's, it's only, it's only 150,000 on game day, right? Uh, on game day, it's like, I feel like there's like 3 million people that flood Green Bay, man. It, it's it's crazy. There's Packers fans all over the world. Uh, it's just crazy. Um uh, the little town of Ashwabanon has about, I think they have like 4,000. If I'm, I might be mistaken there. Yeah. It's like the little town bordering it, but let's move on to another quarterback conversation here. Uh, Dak Prescott, no deal for Dak. He's going to be franchise tag. <laughs> you and I've talked about this before. And I think we talked about it on the podcast. Um, Andy Dalton right now looks like he's probably going to be the guy in Dallas. Uh, you know, you know, it, Optimistically, yes. If you're if, if if Andy Dalton's mom has a vote in it, she's going to vote for him <laughs> to be the starter in Dallas. Uh, I promise you, barring an injury, Dak will be the the starter um, week one for the Cowboys. Uh, I almost said the Hall of Fame game, but that's been moved. So, but that's yeah. another topic for another. But you know, so yeah. While I want to feel just terribly sorry for Dak Prescott. Uh, he he's getting set to make about thirty seven million dollars this year. Uh, you know, I think reports where he turned down a contract worth over a hundred million dollars. Uh, I don't really pity him him or the Cowboys in this situation. Uh, you know, the, here, here's the deal with the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. It, it's kind of like a really toxic relationship. You know, it, it's like you have an attractive girl and an attractive man. And, and and where they are is about as be- that's the best they're going to do. They can't do better. It's like you have two sevens that are that are dating each other. <laughs> that seven's not going to be able to go out and do any better than a seven, and neither will the other one. So, so what I'm saying is, if Dak decides to test free agency, that that thirty plus million dollar a year team is not going to be knocking on his door unless the Jaguars just decide to do another stupid quarterback move, which isn't out of the question. But there's not going to be anybody out there that wants to sign Dak for that 30-plus million. On the free agent market, Dak is probably anywhere from a 20 to a $25 million quarterback. And the Cowboys, if you're them, what do you do at your quarterback position? You're pretty much saying this year, this year if we don't want a Super Bowl, it's done. Yeah. Because we've had to spend on the defensive side of the ball. We've overpaid at the running back position. We've got other guys coming up that have got to be signed. We don't have the cap room. You know, the best they can hope for is they kick this salary cap can down the road another year and some more money gets added, and that kind of takes the handcuffs off a little bit for them. Uh, but what are their options to go out there and get? You know, it, it, it's, it's not like you have a Lamar Jackson yeah. or, a, or you know, a Ryan Tannehill or, you know, a Tom Brady or somebody just waiting out there to be signed. 
you know, there's really not a better option. It's not like there's a Pat Mahomes coming out in the draft that's going to fall to him. I mean, the Cowboys, you know, they're going to pick somewhere in the middle of the draft again, more than likely, and they're going to be middle of the pack. It's not like they have the chance to get the number one pick and they can say, hey, we can wait a year and draft Trevor Lawrence. They can't do that. So, really, there's no better options for Dallas right now or in the next year or two, and there's really no better options for Dak right now or in the next year or two. So they've kind of both worked themselves into a pickle where they should have been able to work a deal out and get it done, uh, and neither side was wanting to, to give. And I understand Dak's point. He's been way, way undercompensated. Uh, if you look at quarterbacks that have performed at the level he's performed at over the last two years, he does deserve to get paid. Um, and, you know, I think they probably should have done one of those contracts where it's, hey, we'll pay you for what you have done for us because he was so underpaid. Uh but, you know, I think the Cowboys have kind of shown what they're willing to do if players are willing to sit out. Like what happened last year with Ezekiel Elliott, you know, he still had two years left on – two or three years left on his contract and yeah. he sat out until they gave him an extension. You know, so if they're willing to cave that easily, you know, then what would stop Dak from holding out? You know, if I'm his agent, I'm just telling him, look, dude, your best bet is to do what Zeke did. You know, but – you know, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what happens when it all comes out in the wash. But, uh, again, I think neither team can do any better than what they've done right now. And we'll hit on our final point here tonight. Uh, something you brought to my attention was uh, we're going to have fans watching NASCAR live, right? I mean, it, it's 30,000 fans in Bristol for the All-Star race. Yeah, live right now as, as we speak, again, you know, we – we're doing this a little different than normal. I'm on location at the beach. Uh, but right now, uh, NASCAR's all-star race, which is typically in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, has been moved to Bristol, Tennessee, and that's where they're doing it tonight. And uh, about 30,000 fans are in the stands there. So this is kind of the big test for sports. Now, again, you know, I, don't, don't quote me on this number, but this is a rough estimate. I want to say Bristol is somewhere between 130 to maybe 160,000 seat uh, stadium. Uh, of course, you know, as we've seen with that Tennessee game a few years ago, they can go a lot larger, you know, if need be. Yeah. Uh, but as far as just, you know, general seating, uh, yeah, that's a pretty big stadium. And, you know, so they've got 30,000 people in there tonight. Uh, so I think that's going to give us a pretty good gauge on how, you know, it goes and kind of what they did and, and see if we can translate that over into the NFL when it comes back. Uh, and then I'm still optimistic that the NBA, by the end of their season, maybe when they play the NBA finals, maybe that they'll be back at home courts uh, and maybe can let some fans in. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. I guess that'd be a pretty damn expensive ticket. Uh, but, you know, it all comes down to, again, what are these local cities going to do? Uh, Tennessee has been pretty fair. Now, again, we haven't had the mass positive testing that other states have had. We haven't had a mass death rate. Uh, so, again, you know, we're still able to make those decisions. But if anybody's familiar with the city of Bristol, um, the main drag in Bristol, Tennessee, is actually the state line between Bristol, Tennessee, and Bristol, Virginia. And so everything on the right side of the street, which is in Virginia, is all closed down. And everything on the left side, which is in Tennessee, is open. Uh, so that's creating a lot of challenges for that area because you have everybody from the, the opposite state coming into Tennessee. Uh, and, you know, especially for this race and everything like that. So, you know, again, it's going to come down to what happens in the States. But, I mean, this is a good step forward just to see fans in the stands at live sports. I've been on vacation, so I've been watching 
a lot of uh, reruns of college football games this past fall and some bowl games that was late this winter, early this new year. Um, <laughs> and when you've been through what we've been through for the last, I don't know, how, how long are we into this now, Ethan? What, three or four months? Yeah, starting from March. So <laughs> Yeah, so to now. And, you know, just to see all those fans in the stands, like during these games, you're like, man, I can't wait <laughs> for this to come back. I think I was watching Florida – versus uh virginia and i was just like oh man yeah, this is great just to see some football back on tv <laughs> so you know we're really reaching here to try to get some live entertainment and you know listen I, I do i do hate everybody that's lost a loved one or has been a, negatively affected by this virus it's absolutely terrible uh but again you know for us out here who are willing to take the risk uh, i think we need to understand what this is going to do to us financially and especially the sports and more so college sports. And uh, I think the quicker we realize that and the quicker we get back to normal on those side of things, the better off our country will be as a whole. Well, Justin, it's been great getting a chance to talk to you here. Uh, you know, have a good beach day for me uh, while I'm back here in Tennessee. Um, make sure you keep enjoying yourself on your last few days of vacation. Um, I, I, I will. Ethan, I'm going to tell you, this vacation was so was so expensive. I had to quit drinking Miller Lite. I've been drinking Bush Light all week. Oh Lord! So may, maybe when I, I know I've got some Miller Light in the fridge at home, so maybe when I get back, I get back to normalcy. But uh, you know, I've had to take one for the team and drink some 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 fiscally responsible beer this week. You haven't gotten down to beer thirty yet. <laughs> I, I, I won't go. <laughs> Bush Light's where I'm going to draw the line. Man. Gotcha. All right, Justin, it's been great, man. You enjoy your trip. Have a safe uh, return back to Tennessee, man. Don't bring anything crazy back with you from Florida. Uh, we, we, we don't want that here uh, in this. But uh, for this episode of Talking Schmidt, we are officially in the books. And guess what? We have a show coming up for you again on Tuesday of next week. We hope that you join us then. Have a great and safe weekend, everyone. <laughs>